Hi, and welcome to IndieWire's Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast. My name is Crystal Fault, the editor of the Toolkit, and my guest today is Ramel Ross, the filmmaker behind the extraordinary documentary, Hale County, this morning, this evening. Um, it's coming out, but it'll already been out by the time you listen to this, on September 14th from Cinema Guild, and it is um, easily uh, one of the most monumental and significant pieces of filmmaking I've seen in quite a while. And it is something that any serious cinephile uh, needs to see, hopefully on the big screen. And it uh, follows around two two young gentlemen, Daniel and Quincy, uh, in Alabama. And you know, you were with them for five years, and that's a little misleading because I think as soon as you start thinking about following around two young men for five years, trying to capture the African American experience, I think people's mind automatically goes to a certain type of documentary and a certain type of thing. And yeah. I mean, let's start there because you, I don't want to simplify your movie, but there is an element of, of capturing what it means to be black in, in Alabama and just the larger approach to this, which was I, I, you're trying to avoid a lot of the pitfalls of documentary and, and in, in the process almost creating something new. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you could just talk about, you know, just kind of before we dump into the thing, kind of like how you thought about this. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, really. It's... It's um, it's an honor. I, I love talking about this element specifically because I I feel, you know, very strongly that there's always been a sort of time-based element to capturing and representing the the black experience, whatever that is, the African American experience, whatever that is. Um, and it's kind of related to the sort of industry of filmmaking, right? Like, no one really spends five solid years with someone in order to represent their life. You know, they come in with a specific idea. Um, this person has a really good character. You know, they have, you know, their, their personality is great. And then they like choose certain things to represent a person. Um, you know, from filming, you know, two hours one day, three hours one day, six hours one day over the course of a month or a year. And then they pick and choose these moments to represent a person, which then becomes a representation of truth of not only the person, the community, and the African-American experience. But when you're there with someone the entire day, um, when they forget the cameras there because you guys begin to build a relationship or you would be participating in their lives anyway. Mm -hmm. um, things that you see and things that you witness aren't things that are normally captured because they're just not part, they, like no one has time to spend five years with someone to represent them, you know? Um, and when we think about the way in which the African-American experience is represented on film, um, historically from Birth of a Nation to minstrel shows, which is not cinema, but kind of the origins of it, um, in some sense. And it made um, its way into early Hollywood. Yeah. The, I mean, and like all, everything's on the back of that. You know, like there's, you can't separate. There's impossible to separate. Um, that's kind of something I realized quite early. I would, I'd film and then I'd, I'd see the moment that I think would be normally used to represent a person. And then I'd continue filming, I'd continue filming. And then like this magical moment would happen in which I walk out of a, uh, a trailer with my guys where they're playing video games I'm playing video games and all of a sudden a storm just like appears and Terrence is doing his thing and Quincy's you know this other guy Quincy Edwards not Quincy Bryant um, is like just standing and all looking at it and like I was like wow like this this is kind of what life is you know and this is something that you you happen upon and if the entire film could be made of magical moments um, it surely means something it surely ex is experiential for the viewer one thing, when, when you talk about capturing, and obviously you do hit very significant moments in, in these two young men's yeah. lives, and, and that's there, but 
you know, one thing I, I just even thought about the form is, is that, you know, we talk about narrative documentaries, the way these things are edited, it's often constructing a, a narrative. And, you know, and I, I, I thought about this a lot just simply because it's missing from your film, is, is that how much of it is about choice and decision? You know, how much of these, the way these things are constructed and the way mm. that you pull these events is like, is, is that coming down to a character dilemma or a character choice? And then it puts us in this position of like judgment of them. Yeah. And you realize how much, you know, in terms of someone, I imagine you have hundreds of hours of footage, oftentimes that kind of creating a narrative structure around that becomes the organizing factor. Yeah. And exactly. it seems like something that was very much, you were trying, it's not that you wanted this to be abstract but that you were trying to kind of get around that in a certain way. Am I wrong about that? No, that's 100% that's true. The judgment was a big factor, you know, from, from the details of when you show someone, someone making a decision on film, you judge that moment. Um, and that begins to build your point of view on the character's, uh, you know, life path. All of a sudden something else happens and you're like, well, if they wouldn't have done that, you know, when like, Clearly, there's a, a wide range, a constellation of things that go into them making that decision um, that you completely don't have access to because the film is like trying to, to build some things. Um, but yeah, I, I can't really, you know, I can't express the sort of, like, the sort of slap in the face, the realization I had that, you know, in order to make a film, you have to exclude the majority of things in order to say something very specific. Um, and in that sense, while stories are the most, you know, wonderful meaning-making mechanisms ever, um, and, you know, it's needed, and, you know, we need more stories of af the African-American experience from a multiple perspective, specifically from inside the African-American community, by black people, stories are also pretty damning at times, you know? Um, and they sort of foreclose a greater understanding of the person's life and how they got there or what, they are, what, what other, what composes them as a person. Even in the hands of someone that is a storyteller that sees complexity. Yeah. You know, I, I think someone could hear what you just said and be like, well, you know, the, the, the small-mindedness of a filmmaker, and I think there's some truth to that, especially in Hollywood's portrayal. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but, but I mean, there's also, you could take someone who has thought about all the complexity and is trying to give a, and even just those choices that one has to make in constructing a film, yeah. it instantly gets put into to a filter. And it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that I feel like that issue of representation um, in documentaries is something like the whole, the, the community itself, the nonfiction community is thinking about in general because it's, everybody's been in that situation. Of yeah. Like how I'm gonna boil down this story because I need, I need someone to wanna turn on Netflix and watch this for 90 minutes and engage them. And, uh, and, and there seems to be, you know, you can, I, I'm sympathetic to that. You know? yeah. and, and, but yet at the same time, it, 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 there is this boiling down and there is this thing of, putting the audience in judgment and of simplifying uh, an arc based on, you know, you have a character that went to college, you have a character that went, that's home and, uh, and has children, and I don't, wanna, don't wanna get too far ahead with the story, but uh, you know. Yeah. But there, there, you, one could almost see, like, I've seen that documentary where it's like, oh, it's about the two paths, and I'm supposed to learn something between that. Yeah. And you're trying to like <laughs> push that it's away. It's a weird thing. It's yeah. like a, it's paradoxical, right? Like yeah. you're trying to represent, but then by representing, you're also narrowing in some sense. Um, yeah, and, and I also don't, you know, there, I think, yeah, I, I wanna I wanna say documentary filmmakers are like the some of the most conscious media makers, mm. um, the most empathetic, whatever that means. That's also empathy is also sometimes a problem. So I I, I like I'm not con it's like embedded in the form and in 
the practice itself that's the problem. It's not necessarily um, the documentary makers issue. Like we're conditioned to make things in specific ways. I think a big challenge is just us sort of evolving to one, be able to receive things with complexity and then us be willing to take those risks and then other people being able to take those risks. It's like, it's a big thing, but it, I'm glad that it's, it's something that's coming, coming ahead. Now, you, this is your first film, but my understanding is, and I've only saw, you know, I, I Googled a few images, so I don't want to pretend that I have a, a, a strong <laughs> <laughs> understanding of the Ramel Ross uh, photography collection, but my understanding is is that, you know, photography was the medium that you've been working in for a while, and yeah. that, that you've become accomplished. Um, I, I'm wondering. When I say accomplishment is relative because like everyone's like this acclaimed <laughs> photographer, and I was like acclaim where? <laughs> I would love some acclaim. <laughs> but I mean that's that was that was that's the art that you've yeah. been. That's the medium that you've been working on. Okay, and I'm wondering, you know, I mean obviously there's an element of framing here in your voice that comes through in, in these shots, but I'm wondering how that's kind of you know that transition and because I, oftentimes when people translate from one art to the other. I feel like sometimes there's a lazy comparison, yeah. you know. Um, but in this sense, I, I, my in watching this, you having been a photographer and and kind of um, approaching some of these things through your photography, it kind of informed a little bit, at least for me, how I was watching the film. I don't know if you yeah. could talk a little bit about about that transition. Yeah, I definitely think that's the case. I think, um, you know. I'm, I'm like, I have a lot of spontaneous analogies, so I could regret this one, but I don't think so. It's, I think it's kind of, it might be similar to like someone who draws and like really becomes comfortable with the way in which they draw and then all of a sudden they want to start painting. Um, although, you know, from still photography, it's, it's still and then it's time-based, but obviously the film has a, a, a lot of like almost still preference to the time-based way of looking at something. Um, and then like the way in which you would draw all of a sudden informs your painting style in like a way in which um, there's like an, an inextricable relationship between the two. Like you look at some painters and you're not like, that person was clearly a drawer, like they're interested in that stuff. But for me, you know, making images just really has, I've grown because I care, I've, I've come to care so much about like just the, the idea of reproducing reality, whatever that is, like reproducing the idea of the social world, reproducing these, these sort of pillars of our understanding of how people are, look and what they're, potential is and where they came from, which happens in the photograph, I think, you know, moving to, to time-based medium allowed me to, like, to just be really comfortable with the camera in a way in which I think people that are going straight to cinema aren't because they're trying to make images in that form that is based more on what they've seen and based on more what's than is acceptable, not based on, like, a language they've developed kind of personally. Um, and my photography is very much about creating moments of ambiguity, ambiguity, you know, where there's multiple, there's like a plurality of truth, multiple ways of seeing something, um, specifically the specifically using like kind of black skin as a, as a Rorschach test in some way in the South. And so, I mean, that's essentially what the film does in some sense. Let me ask you if I'm making too simple of an analogy with this. Yeah. Um, you know, something that photographers can do is really capture a moment mm. and in, in, in your cases the moment you're seeing it through a specific lens um, which you just did a better job of describing than, than I'm going to try and summarize and and I think sometimes when one gets behind a video camera or a film camera it's about um, creating images that fit into a larger narrative and it, the thing that really seemed to maintain to me was that element of like there's something happening in front of me 
how am I seeing it and how am I going to create a frame yeah. that that is kind of what my viewpoint is inside my head in that way. And, and so there is a time based, you know, there's a wonderful shot where you realize you can't do it in photography where it's like the kid's sweating and you're just mm. looking at the foot and it's like the drops of sweat. You couldn't, one could see you as a still photographer not being able to get that motion and the movement in time. It would yeah. just look like little drops on the floor. But essentially it is almost like what you're trying to capture there is is similar to um, the essence of a photograph. Yeah, I love that example too because you know if you look at the drops of sweat as a photograph, you're like, wow, this person. Look at this person. Look at their sweat. You don't experience them sweating, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then to experience someone sweating is to like think about the body and to think about heat and to think about time and mm-hmm. all these other things which um, are just so full of uh, what it is to be human that like it's just transportive. Um, but yeah, you, I think you were exactly right as it relates to like the moment versus the time-based um, kind of like prove a narrative moment. Um, I think with the way I, th- the way I talk about it is like the photograph is supposed to be everything. Mm-hmm. One photograph is supposed to have all the meaning you could possibly put in it. Po- like this is the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as it relates to film, um, every photograph is neutered mm-hmm. um, and it's supposed to be proving something else. And to me, if, to neuter a photograph of uh, a person of color in, in some general sense is to um, continue to forget the complexity of the black experience because of the history of the black image. Um, and I, you know, there's a lot that we could talk about in terms of, I guess, like some, some sort of theories behind those things because they're there. Lots of people have written about um, the problem of reproduction, image reproduction, and then the, the problems of cinema, black people in cinema. But it's like something I, I couldn't let go, you know, and so. There was a quote I, I saw in the press notes. You wanted to investigate the, uh, you know, investigate the return to home of the northern black man. Um, how did you end up, because you were in Alabama before you started filming. I think you started to know these boys for, for about well, when they were boys. Yeah. Um, how did you end up in, in Alabama? Um, I, I was teaching photography in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and... You know, one of my friends was heading down to Hell County to work with this um, just social kind of do-good design organization um, just for, you know, a short time, a week or two weeks. So, you know, I contacted uh, the youth program that they were working with, and I taught a, a photo course there um, over the course of two weeks. And while I was there, a job opened up, and I ended up moving. And, um, yeah, it kind of pseudo fell in love with the place it was also like completely different style of life than I'd been used to um and that type of change is like sort of always generative and you know once I got there you know I started to you have so much time to think like and I it's almost, everything's a little slower like the northeast city yeah the, like almost laughably slow it's like but then you realize that people are walking slow because they don't want to sweat it's not because of any other reason it's just so hot um yeah, you, you know, I realized that I, from my own opinion, that I, I kind of felt that the South was the, the culture sack of the sort of black experience. It's sort of where we were put. It's the origin of the image from minstrel shows to flyers of lynchings to, to things that began to represent what it meant to be a black person. And that was a, a, a great, I guess, structure or belief system to start investigating um, sort of what the relationship between being black is and the reproduction of that blackness via film and photography. You had said when we had talked before, I'm wondering if you could, the, the Baldwin quote. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. What was that? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, he said, 
he said, he, you know, he said so many things about the South. It was, it's, the South to Baldwin is this, a devastating, beautiful place, as it is to most people who really think um, about it and have kind of have been and sort of witnessed the consequences of, um, one, it's sort of tolerance, and another, it's, it's sort of, it's birth. But he had said that the, I'm paraphrasing the quote, like an Italian immigrant that goes to Italy, the historic South to a Negro is a place you've never been, but one you can't fail but recognize. Um, he also said that, you know, every black man in the, in the historic South is heroic, you know, that to be in the place which has been so traumatic for the, the for, one's, for one's, you know, historical body or one's sort of like transcendent understanding of one's, you know, development of a person in in the world it's you're you just inherently have that uh and heroic quality to to be able to persist and then the uh, quincy and daniel um these are young men that you got to know through through the teaching and through the sports right and yeah. and so there was a intimacy there was kind of a, you kind of got to know them before thinking of them as subjects right yeah well you know i it's weird. I, I'm like trying to, in the same way that the film, I, I think, sort of s- kind of skirts this sort of insider-outsider language and moves to me to a type of uh, participatory cinema that's not the traditional participatory cinema, but one that is if you would be in their lives anyway. Mm-hmm. And you're not, you know, instead of pointing the camera at them, you're pointing the camera and then they come across the viewfinder of the camera then they move in and out because it's not about just looking at them. It's about looking and experiencing. Um, I kind of see the guys as protagonists, you know, as mm-hmm. um, sort of lead characters, lead um, motivators. I, I, I don't sort of, I'm trying to like move away from the, the subject language in order to, to show that there's other ways to consider people's participation in, in the film or in, in things, I guess, but yeah. I even love the fact that, you know, there was this thing that Peter Morgan said about the Queen, and I know you're thinking, what the hell is the Queen have to say? <laughs> this is going to be good. This is going to be good. But, but there was an element there where he was talking about, like, he was having trouble, the, you know, it's the Tony Blair Queen thing, and he, he did this thing where it's like, if you pull back Helen Mirren, like, showed less of her. Yeah. Like, she's actually only part of, like, I don't know, like 25 minutes, rather than a 50-50 thing she actually had more power yeah that's the queen you're talking about but there's an element here with these two boys where we've been introduced that this is their story but they appear it's not this like we're following them around we get little pieces of life every once in a while they you know sometimes the shots about them but sometimes they're beelining in and we're like oh this is daniel's world or this is world and there's an incredible power to that because even though it's these two two kids films it's not really yeah. They're really just this avenue into these things, right? Yeah, you know, I I haven't thought about it m- more than what I what I just said to you, but thinking what you said about the queen and and what you just said, it's kind of like the way in which you experience people in real life. Like you're very rarely looking at someone forever, mm-hmm. and that's over the course of whatever amount of time um that the film is. You're if you concentrate so much on that person, it, it is almost a sort of uh too much of chiseling there's too much there may be too much and like that break um you also give the impression that we're seeing everything that we're that yeah we have everything which is and it's instead yeah. of these moments things right? yeah. yeah speaking of that uh, can we talk about how you structured the film yeah you know just just briefly it's like 10 to 12 days and not 
you were with them for five years and, and there's little kids here to mark time. So no one's thinking that you're trying to tell this, this is, but in the sense of the way that you've structured it, sunrise, sunset, yeah. and there's a feeling of the, the, the movement of a day in the way that you've organized the footage. Yeah. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how you thought about time in the way of structuring it that way. Well, you know, you know, from reading, you know, Aji's Let Us Now Praise Famous Men and a lot of, you know, from Faulkner to, you know, even people like, I, you know, Salinger has a, a big influence, I think, on the film. Like, I, list, I love the way he describes things, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and Aji talks, like, with most almost obscene detail about, you know, light and movement and stuff. And so, I don't know, I, I like, really love looking at the light and the moon and trying to figure out just like looking at it and looking at it through the camera um and i had a lot of this footage and you know you're trying to figure out a way to connect disparate things and so the form is sort of like just like the sort of the most fluid way that i could consider connecting moments that are four months apart mm -hmm. um but had like a very similar feel because of the light um and then you're like wait a second if I put pictures beside e images beside each other that all have the same light, regardless of what country they're from, regardless of who's in them, like there's an inherent relationship between them. Um, and then you're like, wait, that means you can transition into night. Wait, I have a, I have a moon, you know? And then um, all of a sudden there's some sort of organizational factor mm -hmm. um, that could help like span all this. And you know, that the challenge then is you know, with the edit team, like I, I couldn't have done this by myself, um, is how do you make meaning now in this structure? How do you avoid the pitfalls of erroneous leads of logic that really can, you know, be damning for something that's gonna come down the line? Well, I wanna talk about the actual cuts because you create these mm. moments. There's these moments and they almost feel like scenes. Yeah. But they're not, but the, in, in that sense of like, when you have a cut and you connect two things, the audience is instantly trained to make a connection. Yeah. And so sometimes I imagine there's times, well, I can't, I have to be careful about that because I don't want it to be a narrative connection. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, there's something poetic. You know, there's one time where someone points and suddenly there's birds flying by and so it's like almost this cut on motion. No one's ever mentioned that part and I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I love that. He's like, he like does like a, it's like in the door frame, you know, and then like, yeah. But I'm just thinking about that though. You're thinking about day, you're thinking about, you're, you're thinking in terms of poetic elements here and I'm, that element of a cut, when you are taking on this type of structure, it's so weighted and you yeah. have to, you have to make sure that I imagine you don't give it narrative meaning. Yeah. And at the same time, you can't, you don't want this to feel random and you don't want it, this is an engaging film, you don't want it to just feel like an art piece. Yeah. So, I mean, is that a tough, is that a tricky balance? The, the trickiest balance <laughs> one could ever imagine. That's, I think that was the core problem. You know, first problem is how do you, how do you capture, how do you get the, the stuff? You know, like, you know, about three months in, four months in, I knew what I wanted the film to be like, what I wanted it to look like, and then I'm like, oh shit, I have no, like this could take, I have no idea, like <laughs> I have five minutes and it's already been like months, like how am I gonna make a film out of this stuff? And then the second is. Um, Are you cutting while you go? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but the, the original, the, the ones that were early on were more extreme versions of this associative editing pattern um, in which it was a lot less accessible and a lot more installation sort of art directing and then you know, then we get into what 
are the expectations of people when they're watching films? Like, what is going to be confusing? What's going to, you know, at, at first there were, and maybe even saying too much, there were, I want to say like eight to 10, 15 more people in the film, mm-hmm. you know, just because I, I captured the full community in some sense. And so we, you know, we really pared it down to only having the main, like a main eight or so people in order to not let people be like, was that Quincy? Was that Daniel? You know, and then like losing some of the stuff. But yeah, not, not misleading or creating something that you'll regret later along the lines in terms of juxtaposition or the space between those um, images was a huge challenge that, you know, I couldn't have like Jocelyn Barnes, Maya Krinsky and Rob Moss, like I couldn't have had better people to sit there and talk about like the nuances of the relationship between symbols. Um, I want to talk about Jocelyn for a second. Yeah, and I, I know. I, I know those other two um, are a big part of this too. Yeah. I, I got to know Jocelyn through Strong Island last year. Yeah, and knowing the story of what Yancey went through and telling that story. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a story of um, twenty years ago of Yancey's uh, brother being murdered and looking back on it, and so it was a story that Yancey knew. But that sense of like how he was going to tell it yeah. was this journey. And that opening up and telling it in a different way was something that only really came when Jocelyn, it, it's Yancey's vision, mm-hmm. but that supporting of a voice to do something different. Yeah. It seems like it, it, was, it was, when I saw your film back at Sundance, I didn't see it at Sundance, but when I saw a screener and I saw her name after I was so amazed by it, it, it was this element of supporting a voice like yours and making sure that you're able to deliver on something because I imagine the pressure yeah. after filming for five years is to turn it into that 90-minute Netflix film that has an instant narrative, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, the expectation of a lot of folks when they saw any of the footage, you know? You know, you show someone an eight-minute cut, 10-minute cut at these industry meetings um, and... This is in the process of filming. You put something together to go... Yeah, to, go to like raise money, you know? Like, money, how do you yeah. get back? Yeah. How do you... Post-production's insane, yeah. you know? Like, all of these financial things that allow it to, to be seen with its fullness in a big theater. Um, yeah, yeah everyone's like... For a film like you, yours, that eight minutes and then that conversation can be very dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it was discouraging for me because, you know, I had all of these... You know, I'd been reading so much and I, a lot, and I was finding, you know, information that matched what, like, I intuitively knew about the way in which I was represented, what I intuitively knew about the problem with some cinema, and you're like, oh, that's why. There's this, I, there's this thing called black representational space that everything falls into that, you know, if you, you know, once it's in this black representational space, the everything is sort of foreclosed to the meaning of blackness. It can't be about like a greater humanity. It's only humanity in relationship to like all of these things that were really, really impactful for the way I wanted to move forward. And I'm like sharing these things with people and telling them how I wanted the film to do these things. And everyone's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But what happens in the film? Yeah. You know, that's really good. Like, I really love that. That's really interesting. But where, but who are the main characters again? And but what happens in their lives, like how, I'm just like, oh no, it's not about that. It's actually they, about- They instantly hear five years, two boys, one goes to college, one from the same uh, economically depressed Alabama town. Yeah. One goes to college, one is raising children and we follow them for five years. And so they're instantly yeah. seeing, right, like an arc of some sort and like a, in a kind of concrete meaning of what 
yeah. he says about the black experience, and I would I, imagine. Even outside of the idea of the three-act structure and arc, I think of it in terms of people like, especially funders, like, what are we going to be holding on to? You know, like, what's going to carry the film? Um, and to me, like, there's a story of blackness that's all visual that could carry the film. There's a story of experience that is unable to be articulated, but it's something that everyone knows when they feel it, but you can't, like, tell, you can't tell someone that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so Jocelyn got it right away, you know? I showed her the eight-minute cut, and she, like, took her headphones off really slow. She was like, hmm. So how are we going to make this add up to something? Like, how, how do we make, and I was just like, like my heart, I was just like, whoa, like I haven't, I've never thought about it in terms of adding up, like how do we make this, you know, and that gets me thinking, and then like I knew, I was like, we have to, you have to help me make this, because you get it, like you understand, art you understand, documentary you understand, blackness, film, like, and so, yeah, I was like, I wouldn't let her, she was like, I'm really busy, I was like, you're not too busy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you gotta help me, uh -huh. yeah, it was like, it, a, yeah. And I, I, I talked to, I mean, you are a very self-assured first-time filmmaker. This doesn't feel like anything that's first-time filmmaking. Um, so there's clearly a vision behind it, but in, I don't think it matters if it's your fifth or sixth film. I think when you spend this much time documenting something and there's that element of, like, I want to get it into the world, mm -hmm. I, you see what happens to people, and it's, you, it's completely understandable, but that wheel that they go through mm. to get to the point that it's ready for a festival and it might be ready for one of these SVODs or something like that. And yeah. it's, it's a really dangerous process because it's, you know, documentaries are starting to be consumed on a larger level. And they're, but it, it's, it's interesting because it's a form, and yours films is, is a great example of this. This is, a, all of cinema's new. But this idea of cinematic nonfiction exactly. is just all of cinema is like, new. Yeah, it is is like this is the stuff. Some of the stuff that are, you can do right now is so exciting. Yeah, but it's and so it's suddenly all possible and it seems new. But you know, outside of something like True False or someone like Jocelyn, they kind of don't. They don't yeah. want that, and it's very hard because it's once again you spent five years doing this, yeah. and at the end of the day, it can't just be something that had a small screening, you know, yeah. you know. Well, like, you have to want to, do, like, for me, I didn't, like, in order for me to make a film, I, I have to want to do that more than anything else, you know? Like, I have to want to do that more than I'm going to eat lunch, and then I'll eat lunch because I have to eat lunch, but I'm going to go back and do the film because that's what I want to do. Just enough energy to film in the afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, just enough for the energy. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think a big problem is that, one, people kind of, and it's, and, and I'm not condemning those who do that, but I, but it, oh, I no, think I'm very it, empathetic too. Yeah. You know, like that's how, yeah. this is how it is. But like people go into filmmaking as a career mm. or people go into filmmaking to, to say something very specific or, you know, people haven't necessarily developed their own personal point of view on something and what they're creating um, is, has X, Y, and Z. And so it's just like that machine it can easily uh, accomplish those things for someone. And then in the same time, um, be structured or be exactly what was earlier, you know, Yeah. in some sense. Ramel, thank you so much for your time and thank you for this movie. It's really, really wonderful. Um, I know you're teaching up at Brown um, and I know you've got, is, is the idea, and may, I know probably putting this out in the world is what's on your mind right now, but is the idea of making another film? Yeah, definitely gonna, yeah, definitely gonna make another film. Yeah. Um, you know, I have to figure out what it is, and I'm in no rush. Um, and you know, 
may not may not come out to 2035, <laughs> but like, yeah, I think it's 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 a wonderful space. All right, I love this film. Please go see it. Thanks, thanks for having me.